Coming up on today's show, we get a different perspective on the Quinton Byfield Team Stutzler draft selections. We'll get some intel on Cam Talbot from last season and more as we're joined by Locked On Center's co-host Ross Levitan on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And of course, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the last 17 years. And, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. We are excited to be joined by the first time by a man who, along with the co-host Brandon Piller, is doing a great job with the Locked on Senators podcast. He is also a radio blowhard like myself on 680 CJOB in Winnipeg. He is the great Ross Levitan. Hey, Ross, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Man, I got some family ties to LA too, so I've been lucky enough to get out to your coast, your beautiful city, a few times in in my life, and uh, always leave with a smile. So I uh, have a, a nice soft spot for the LA Kings too, and uh, excited to chat with you, man. It's been a long time coming. Been watching uh, the growth of the show over the last while, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Well, it's great to have you, and uh, you know, if you ever get out this way, make sure you uh, let me know. Be uh, great to meet up and say hi. Um, but you've been killing it over there on Locked on Senators. Uh, congratulations on your success. You've had a lot of interviews with players, one of them we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, but you've had GM Pierre Dorian on your show multiple times. So I have to ask you uh, for some advice. How do I get Kings GM Rob Blake to come on my show? <laughs> uh, just be so annoying that finally they, they just, you know, like, okay, if they're going to keep asking. No, funny enough, um, like we'd asked once to have him on and I just go through the PR team, uh, you know, don't want to take any back channels and, you know, kind of do them dirty. They've been really good to us overall. The senators have, um, and it's interesting, I guess, to lead into it. Like Ottawa is tucked in between the two biggest hockey markets in Canada and Toronto and Montreal, like right. Geographically speaking, right in the middle. So they get overblown with the coverage. RESPN is called TSN. They cover, it's almost the joke is the Toronto sports network instead right. of the right? They just cover them top to bottom. Austin Matthews sneezes. It's a half hour story. <laughs> Whereas Ottawa is the forgotten stepchild. It's also the youngest team, two original six teams. Ottawa came in in 1992. So we've got a huge, passionate, diehard fan base here that's grown up with a team that won president's trophies, made it to the Stanley Cup finals, and really had a 10-year period of sustained success. Could never get it done to the Stanley Cup, but was a perennial playoff team. They made the playoff 16 straight seasons. So I kind of grew up in that era and a lot of other Sens fans did, but they never got the coverage. So I think that we were, we've been able to kind of corner a market of really hungry fans who want to hear chirps to Toronto and Montreal, not kind of, you know, cater to the larger population's needs. So I appreciate that. We have found a niche, but when it comes to Pierre Dorian, this is just boots on the ground, man. I was in Winnipeg and where I'm living now in the last couple of years, I'm born and raised in Ottawa, but, I was going to check out the Winnipeg Ice, their playoff game uh, last year. They had a couple Sens prospects on the team. And anytime I can watch live hockey, I'm going to take it up on it. 
And I turn over my shoulder and, and there's Pierre Dorian doing some scouting and it's in the middle of May, a playoff series. So I uh, went up and we had just had his uh, top goalie prospect, Matt Sogard on the show. And I said, uh, Hey man, like Mads looks ready. And uh, he's like, Hey, you look familiar. So I guess he had seen the show or a clip of it, whatever. And uh, yeah, when we got back, he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to come on the show. So, uh, so I messaged the PR and this time I went in with a little ammo. I said, Hey, I met Pierre. He said he'd come on the show. So instead of asking if we could get access to him, it was, Hey, when, when can we work out this in his schedule? And then uh, he had a good chat with us. I think he appreciated uh, the way he has told us. He appreciates the way we cover the team. A lot of people kind of pile on uh, during this last little um, time where they haven't been able to get over the hump. Uh, we, we are fair, if not too fair uh, with how the senators have, have done. So, uh, yeah, it all went well, and then we got to sit down with him when we went to Ottawa for development camp. So, yeah, three-time recurring guest, Pierre Dorian. Uh, pressure's on him, pressure's on the coach, pressure's on the team right now. It's uh, an interesting time in Ottawa, and I, I didn't even realize the, the Corpus Allo connection here, too. It's almost like Ottawa and L.A. made somewhat of a trade uh, despite being unrestricted free agents, but you guys get Cam Talbot, we get Jonas Corpus Allo, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to you about Cam Talbot here in just a little bit. And I guess I got to stake out Rob Blake at like whatever Starbucks he goes to or something like that to see if I can uh, can uh, get him to uh, come on this show. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try it. We'll keep it going there. So it is funny that you think on the surface there's not much of a connection between Ottawa and L.A., but the more I kind of thought about it, there are some pretty decent connections. But I do want to – this quick story – so obviously the Senators didn't make the playoffs this past year and you were looking for some fun content and you reached out to the teams that the hosts of the teams that did make the playoffs. And you said, uh, let's make a little funny video, see if you can get Senators fans to jump on your bandwagon. And so I did a video for you and I tried to sell Ottawa fans on the possible Hollywood connection, right? Because at the time the Senators were for sale and one of the potential owners was the famous actor Ryan Reynolds. Now, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, how, how disappointed are you that uh, Deadpool did not become the owner of the Senators? Because I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, you know what? Original, like, knee-jerk reaction. It was like, oh, that's too bad. But uh, we, we've got a good friend of the show. He goes by Atla Leem's Martian, which is uh, kind of a play on one of the famous goalies' helmets. He always had Marvin the Martian on his helmet. But uh, he's got a few connections. And we kind of knew over the last three months that the leader was the only party of kind of the main – four groups remaining that didn't have a celebrity. So we kind of had it in the back of our mind. Hey, look, there's a lot of play. They're trying to push it up 950 million. My goodness, mm -hmm. Eddie, that's the most expensive NHL team of all time. We're talking about the Ottawa senators here. We're not talking about Montreal, New York, Toronto um, teams who have obviously the history and the, the bigger valuation. They just have never sold a majority share uh, for that amount yet. But when you're, you're talking about that kind of money, it's, it's going to come down to who has the most, like money around them as well. Like, you no, know, as Ryan Reynolds said uh, so eloquently, his first time uh, mentioning that he was interested, he needed a sugar daddy to make it happen for him. He needed someone with deep pockets. He decided, and this was where things got really interesting. He decided that he was going to go and attach himself with a group early in the process. Gary Bettman would have been thrilled to wait until the deciding victor majority owner was named and then have Ryan Reynolds almost like attached with it as a minority owner. But he said, look, I don't want to play like as, you know, a winner. I don't want to be a bandwagon jumper, whoever gets on. He had a very specific idea of what he wanted this to look like. So he attached himself to a group and uh, ultimately they didn't win. 
Uh, Nico Sparks, an LA-based producer, was involved in the process throughout. Um, his group kept adding celebrities as much as they could. They were like, hey, you, you, you. They had Snoop Dogg for a bit. Uh, Dragon's Den, which up here is the equivalent of Shark Tank for you guys down there. He had the entire panel join. And it's like, he's the first guy to ever sell a product he didn't own to the Sharks. It was kind of impressive in a sense. But that, those groups didn't happen, and the other group, the Kimmel group, had the weekend involved, the uh, the singer of the weekend, who's also Canadian. Um, but, yeah, Michael Anlauer gets the team. And, yeah, initially you're like, okay, it's not the big name. You know, when Snoop Dogg put his name in the ring and Ryan Reynolds, they, they were on ESPN. First take was talking about the Ottawa Senators of all teams. And, you know, us little small-town Canadians are having a laugh at that for sure. But what really kind of really bubbles to the surface here with Michael Anlauer is all he cares about is hockey. He just wants to win. He wants to win hockey games, and I think that's resonating with the fans. The first thing he did was uh, renovate the alumni suite at the arena. He wants the the former senators to come in and kind of build the tradition back, and a lot of people left. Like, we're, we're kind of, like, shoved away by the former owner. Like, that's just, just being frank. Obviously, rest in peace. Eugene Melnick passed away, saved the team from bankruptcy in 2003. But, Eddie, like, some of the things this guy said in the media, you're like, shaking my head threatening to move the team you know talking about how you know if 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 you if you don't like the team then just like or this was a direct quote from him they said uh, are you thinking about blowing up the team when things weren't going well you know rebuild he said anyone who thinks we should blow up the team should get a bomb and blow themselves up like these are the type of things that that he was saying quote like verbatim and it really there was a disconnect there were banners that said melnick out there were all sorts of things that were just going against what a team should be bringing people together. So yeah, initial kind of, oh, shucks, no, no celebrity, but really I think Michael Anlauer is, is the right choice. He's been a, an owner in the league for a number of years, had a 10% share in the Montreal Canadians. So he's selling that. So he's already got connections and relationships with other owners. So I think overall it's a good thing, but I can definitely see, especially from the outside being like, oh, would have been great. And number one, like, come on, welcome to Wrexham, that sort of documentary. I'd yeah. be all on that. Yeah, I heard that. I'm not even much of a soccer fan, but I enjoy watching that show. Yeah, that would be great to see something like that involving an NHL team. All right, Ross, hold on just one second. We are going to get into, in just a moment, uh, a lot of talk from LA Kings fans about a certain player that was selected and a player that ended up going to the Ottawa Senators afterwards. Uh, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. But we'll get into that here in just a second on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, this episode of Locked on LA Kings brought to you by AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, costs you less than $3 a day, and it's just one scoop in a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get free a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. All right, we are back with Locked On Center's host, Ross Levitan. Ross, let me take you back to 2020. Um, because of COVID, we had a virtual NHL draft. Uh, at the time, we knew the New York Rangers were going to take Alexi Lafreniere, number one overall. He was supposed to be great. 
He isn't, but that's the Rangers' problem. The draft started at number two, as I remember them saying, uh, and the LA Kings had the number two pick overall, and uh, the Ottawa Senators were at number three. So obviously there was the debate. I'm sure it was talked about in Ottawa as well. Who are the Kings going to take? Will it be the Canadian center, Quentin Byfield, or the German winger, Tim Stutzler? Well, obviously uh, the Kings took Quentin Byfield, um, and we'll discuss how that has or hasn't worked out. Uh, and so Tim Stutzler fell to the Ottawa centers. That's worked out very well for you guys. Um, do you recall at the time what the discussion was as far as who the senators were hoping the Kings would take and who would fall to Ottawa? Or was it just kind of like, it's out of our hands, regardless of what happens, we should get a pretty good player. Yeah, it sounds like the the decision was no decision. Whoever was left for them, it was going to be one of those two guys. And from conversations that I've had around the team, I'm pretty sure, and this is without a 100% confirmation, but I'm comfortable enough saying they had Tim Stutzla number two on, on their list. And uh, a couple people told me they may have had him one, but I, I don't believe them. I think that's in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in history, a bit of revisionist history. Lafreniere was unbelievable his draft year. And like, I still think that there's a path forward for him to be a star in the league, but the Rangers and prospects, we could do a whole, whole month of shows. And I'm sure John chick is over at locked on Rangers, but yeah, like I remember being like, okay, Byfield might be the edge to get here, especially because Ottawa had built a, a nice crop of wingers at that point. And like you said, when Stutzel was drafted, it's like, Hey, is he probably going to end up on the wing? Yeah, maybe now he's like a no doubt center. Like Tim Stutzel hasn't played wing in over a year. And it's just, he's just not going to be a winger anymore. He's too dynamic, too good in the middle of the ice, too much vision and uh, playmaking abilities, agilities off the charts. And he's even got a bit of snarl to him. Like I was, I was blown away, especially this year. Uh, right when he turned 20, mostly the year before, but all year this year, like using his body, being physical, you know, even getting into a, a bit of post-whistle scrum. So he ha- he has a bit of juice that I didn't know he had to him. Whereas like Quentin Byfield, and this is where like, yeah, for a meme or two, maybe I'll have some fun with it. But I really do think that Quentin Byfield is going to be a heck of a player. Everyone knew it at the time that it was like, hey, he's probably going to need a couple of years. He's, he's probably going to need a couple of years. And then the OHL not starting up again, like, how much do you think, Eddie, that that was a deterrent in his immediate progress? Because I think going to play against men, like that can't be easy when you're a late birthday as he is, you know, um, he's in a yeah, late August birthday, one of the youngest players at the draft. I just feel like he really got missed out or done dirty by not being able to go back to that OHL uh, the year after he was drafted. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, reasons that have factored in to Quentin Byfield's development. I, I think it's also fair to say he hasn't come along as quickly as a lot of people would have wanted or hoped, but there are the Kings fans will say, Oh, you're making excuses for him. Well, I mean, facts are facts. There have been injury issues and and factors out of his hands. Like you've talked about. And I, I agree with you. I really do think there's still time for him to develop. We, I talk about, you know, Hey, Adrian Kempe took seven years before he became a 40 goal scorer, you know, and you want to, you know, hit the eject button on this guy after basically one full season, of NHL play, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I get the impatience, but I kind of get from your thoughts. Well, I mean, let me just ask you, not put words in your mouth. If you, if the Senators had the number two pick and you had the selection, who would you have picked? Well, with what I know now, no, no, <laughs> at the time, at the I time, leading, I was leading Byfield. I thought yeah. that, and we had Cam Robinson on the show from Elite Prospects, and he sold me on the idea of the the down low work that a line of Brady Kachuk and Quentin Byfield could do, right? To six foot four, six foot five, imposing figures, great hands in tight, and I just didn't, I didn't give Tim Stutzla enough credit. 
for how driven he is. Like they just put out a, uh, they just put out an article that he did and I did control F to search because it was so permanent in the article. Uh, He said winning 12 times in a six question article like that. They keep asking him like, Hey, you hit 90 points. What's next? What's next? He's like, all I want to do is win. And I think that he's really become a leader quickly in Ottawa. I don't know if he would have done it the same way without Brady Kachuk. I think Brady Kachuk has really helped uh, Tim Stutzla grow into the player he is. He protects Timmy on the ice. Like there's, especially his rookie year, guys were like taking liberties on him. And Timmy's gotten this uh, reputation mostly because Montreal fans are louder than everyone else as a diver. He's had two embellishment calls in his entire career. So I kind of laugh at that and, um, but him and Brendan Gallagher have gotten into it a lot. And typically Brady will just come in. There's a great uh, capture right after uh, Brady got in a fight protecting Timmy and uh, Timmy's in the box or Brady's in the box without all any of his upper body equipment on. And Timmy's just doing circles, like looking and laughing at Brady. Mm-hmm. Being like, I didn't realize you were that tough. Like uh, they've got a nice little bromance going on. And I just think coming in at the time he did where the core was all one or two years older than him, they were just missing that superstar and we we call him timmy superstar with the umlaut over the u in in superstar there and um we we coined that the day before the draft just thinking like whoever gets him man it's like he's gonna bring asses into seats like whereas quentin byfield i think you're looking at like uh, a solid power forward when he's at the peak but like stutzel has this just energy about him that is just like he's always go 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 and it's it's super impressive so yeah, I think history, um, you know, history is 2020 or, or uh, you know, you can look back like that. Hindsight is the word I was looking for there. And um, But yeah, all in all, man, like they're both going to be great players. But uh, I don't think anyone in Ottawa is is disappointed that it was Tim Stutzla that came to the nation's capital. Yeah. And I, at the time, I would have taken Quentin Byfield as well. And I think you have to also factor in where the Kings were right at that point. I think a lot of people thought the rebuild was going to take a little bit longer Things have been accelerated, and some of the moves that have been made have gotten the Kings back into the postseason maybe a little bit quicker, and they're a little bit farther along than we all thought. But we thought Byfield's going to take a few years, and the Kings are going to grow kind of with him along the way. And that now they find themselves here, you know, making the playoffs two years in a row. Expectations are raised, and now he's playing, you know, maybe on the top line. And so the expectations are raised there as well. People want to see numbers and things like that, but I still think he can still be an impact player. I don't think he'll ever turn into what Tim Stutzler has turned into, but again, they're also different types of players as well. Um, but I still think I'm still optimistic that Quentin Byfield can be an impactful player for the LA Kings. I did want to ask you though, because I get this occasionally with our fans. Oh, we, we should have drafted Tim Stutzler instead of Quentin Byfield. We should have drafted Trevor Zegers instead of Alex Turcotte, right? I'm like, you can play this game, with All every day. draft and every team, you know. Are you, are you gonna play? Are you gonna play it with me? Do you want to yes. know? What me? Is there one player in fairly recent history that you, fans you know. or yourself stand out and say, "Oh, we could have had that guy." You know what my answer is? I, I want to know what your answer is. Do, do you have any idea? I don't, because it's a guy who LA ended up getting. Is it? Is it Adrian Kempe? Oh, it's a little further back. Okay, so maybe not recent history, but it's Anze Kopitar. He went went 11th overall in 2005. Ottawa had the ninth overall pick. They took a high school defenseman from Minnesota who never, never developed at all. Brian Lee was the guy's name. What was his name again? Brian Lee. He ended up going to North Dakota. He got a cup of coffee, played like two years with Tampa and he was out of the league. But uh, yeah, Brian Lee, ninth overall, that draft was in Ottawa. It was Sidney Crosby draft. And uh, 
yeah, Ottawa was a great team. Never should have had a top 10 pick, but because of the lockout the year before, it was all done by lottery. So everyone's like, okay, this guy's going to jump on the treadmill going going 10 out of 10. Like, we're ready to compete. Let's add a top 10 pick. And then, uh, yeah, we all know what happened. It was Anze Kopitar and Mark Stahl that went right after Brian Lee. Very good. Oh, that's nice. I, I, I've learned something today. I like that. Uh, we're we're going to talk about a former senator who could play a big role for the Kings this season uh, and a player that was rumored to come L.A. for a long, long time, and he ended up in Ottawa. We'll do that next on Lockdown L.A. Kings, your team every day. Now, I don't know if you saw yesterday's Locked on NHL podcast, but it was really good. I hear someone went on there and talked about the LA Kings. I don't know who that was, but it was a really excellent episode. So you got to go back and check that out. And make sure you check out Locked on NHL every day, keeping you updated on everything going on in the NHL. Locked on NHL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I don't know who that was, but I heard he did a really great job. Uh, Ross, we got a couple more minutes with you. Really appreciate your time. This is fun. Um, so I know you're based in Winnipeg. Obviously, you're covering the Senators, but because of that, I did need to. I do want to ask you, former Winnipeg Jet Pierre Luc Dubois, the Kings' big offseason acquisition. Uh, any any intel you have on Pierre Luc Dubois just from being there in Winnipeg, and what do you think the Kings are, are getting in that guy? Yeah, for sure. I've probably gotten I don't know 15 live viewings of him over the last two years, and uh, heck of a player when he's on his game. And I think he's slotted in perfectly in LA. He's going to be a little more uh, sh- shout sheltered if i could speak english uh, i'm ne- i'm never the biggest mark shifley fan uh, on a good day uh whereas obviously kopitar brings a defensive awareness that shifley just doesn't and i think that dubois was counted on to do a lot of the heavy lifting the tough defensive pk minutes in in winnipeg and i think that might have affected how much offense he was able to produce i think man if he's put in the right spot i could see him scoring 30 next year i think that's not out, out of the realm of possibility 30 goals, 65 points, that sort of output, I think would be fair to expect. A part of me wonders what Dubois would look like at wing. And I don't know, Hmm. of course, when you trade and give up the pieces that LA gave up, you're going to play him at center. But I wonder if over time, if somehow, sometime during that eight-year contract, he ends up as a a winger. Because I think that he has that kind of prototypical power forward build, but he's a little, I don't want to call him soft. The NHL player, he's tough. But like he's not going to go in and, you know, um, push guys around and that sort of thing. For his size, he plays a very like well-controlled game, but he uses his body well. So like coming off the wall, positioning himself like that. But yeah, heck of a player. I like that trade for both teams, actually. I really like it for Winnipeg too. I think Gabe Velarde is uh, is quite the piece there for, for Winnipeg, what they need. And uh, I'm interested to see though. That was one of the biggest uh, pickups of the off season. And funny enough that uh, you mentioned and I think it's Jacob Chikrin you want to get into. But yeah. Ottawa was long rumored to be the, the spot for Kevin Fialis. So you guys were able to, you know, snag him first. And he looks like an incredible pickup long term, right? Like he's, he's yeah. kind of gone above and beyond. Yeah, he definitely lived up to all the hype uh, last season, which is great. And he very rarely played in the top six. He was on the third line a lot of times with people maybe shocked to find out. But it just seemed like he, he slotted in really well there for whatever reason. Uh, you mentioned it briefly earlier that the Kings and Senators didn't make a trade, but we did kind of swap goalies. Cam Talbot was in Ottawa last year. He's now in Los Angeles uh, sharing the net with Phoenix Copley and Jonas Corposalo, who we picked up at the trade deadline, uh, is now an Ottawa Senator and locked up a pretty good term there uh, in Ottawa. So they feel like he's going to be a goalie they can rely on. Um, I did want to ask you, though, Cam Talbot, uh, his numbers weren't great in, in Ottawa. 
uh, year before, pretty solid in Minnesota. So uh, what can you tell us about uh, Cam Talbot's uh, one season in Ottawa last year? I can tell you that in December, we had an episode named Resign Talbot, I believe. I'm trying to scroll and see what the exact one was, but it's like why the Ottawa Senators have to bring back Cam Talbot. And then in March, it was how quickly can they get rid of Cam Talbot? <laughs> it was really, yeah, it was, should the Ottawa Senators give Cam Talbot a contract extension? And then, yeah, a couple of weeks later, it's like, nope, we've had enough of him. It was really just consistently inconsistent. When he was on, man, he stole games. If any LA Kings fan wants to really get fired up about this signing, watch the game. It was probably around the time we posted that against the Boston Bruins, the league's best team by far. Ottawa beat them in a shootout. And Cam Talbot, I think he made like 11 saves in overtime. It was absolute clinic he put on uh, towards the end of that game. And um, he can still play. Now, how healthy can he stay? I know LA's got three three goalies in the system that it'll kind of be a battle for ice time. All of them kind of making under $2 million, if I'm not mistaken, though. Mm -hmm. And it's a situation there where it's like in the right spot, I could see it. Now, Ottawa gave up on a goalie who ended up having a fantastic season. I don't think Philip Gustafson would have put up those numbers in Ottawa, but it just kind of shows, right? Because you mentioned it, Cam Talbot's numbers in Minnesota the year before, very good. So is that more of an indictment on the Senators' defensive system? or the goalie within it because Anton Forsberg played in front of the same defense and he had better numbers. So I just look at it in, in terms of when you're getting, when Cam Talbot's good, he's incredible, but there were games where it was blatantly his fault why they lost. Like they, they missed the playoffs by six points. I'd say there were four or five games that Cam Talbot would like to have had back. So you take the good with the bad and, I don't know what you're going to get, but at 36 years old, I think that Kings fans should be happy that they've got some other options as well if it doesn't work out. But it could at the same time. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's an awful uh, pickup by them or bet, I guess, is what they're doing on them on a one-year deal. But, um, yeah, apparently Ottawa offered him a three-year deal uh, mm. in December, and the number was too low. Talbot's agent, it, it leaked that he was looking for a $5 million AAV, and it was like, Good thing they didn't bite on that one based on yeah. how it happened. But as a low as a low cost bite, I don't think it's uh it's a bad one at all. Ross, one more for you. Um, when I took over the Locked on LA King show, it was last off season, and there was all this talk about Jacob Chikrin is going to come to LA. The Kings did need a left shot defenseman uh to fill in a spot on the second pairing. And he seemed like a great fit. And Kings fans had elevated him to this some sort of savior was going to come in and do all these amazing things. Uh, and we talked a lot about, you know, is it going to happen? Well, it ended up not happening. And he is now an Ottawa senator. Unfortunately, only 12 games last year before he got hurt. Um, but uh, what's what was what was the trade uh, or what was the discussion about uh, uh, Jacob Chigrin coming to Ottawa and your thoughts on him helping your team out this year? Well, again, what's really cool, and I'm a sucker for a good hometown story, right? He's from Fort Lauderdale. His dad played for the Florida Panthers while he was born, so he grew up there. And I still think he considers that home. I think his mom's from there as well. But his dad and his whole dad's side of the family is all from the Ottawa area. So, you know, like the first game he had at home, he scored a goal, and everyone was chanting, we want playoffs. And then the camera goes, his grandpa's having a Tim Hortons apple fritter like it was just an all-time canadian moment and then like he's he's brought to near tears after the game uh when he was shown on the on the tv like his, his grandpa's reaction so i'm a sucker for those uh off ice great stories and uh, i just think chicken was kind of the missing piece of what they need now Ottawa has a lot of left shot defensemen and there was some talk like hey who's gonna play the right side that's gonna be one of the storyline 
storylines to watch come training camp. We already know he's going to be paired with Tom Shabbat, who we're expecting to have a big bounce back here. This Jake Sanderson kid, he went fourth overall. Like We could be talking about LA taking Jake Sanderson at two in 2020, and it wouldn't be that far-fetched. This kid is ridiculously talented. Like oh, I'm trying to think of a comparable that, that would fit in. Like a low low maintenance type player just so much fun to watch but chicken is hopefully going to be that same type now the problem with him and being in the or western conference maybe not the same division uh anymore uh with with phoenix you you might not see it as often but like he's he's got injury problems right like he hasn't played a full season outside of the 56 game season but then when he did he led all defensemen in the nhl in goals so it's like when he's in the lineup, he's a top four defenseman. And I think Ottawa's really lucky to have him. But man, they need to bank on his health being good because man, if if it's not, you give up two first, you give up a first and two seconds to get him, including the twelfth overall pick in the draft. It's uh it's a hefty price to pay. But the two years left, right? He had three years last year when they traded for him, was able to get it with that term at four point six million dollars. Like Again, a low-cost bet in terms of how much cost uh, he's going to have on your your cap over the next couple of years. So, uh, Sens fans are super excited and uh, hoping that he's kind of the missing piece here, uh, him and Eunice Corposalo as well, who I kind of want to throw back and ask you, like, what should Sens fans be expecting out of uh, Jonas Corposalo from what you saw during his brief stint there? Yeah, I mean, very steady guy who's, uh, you know, if he sees it, he's going to stop it. Uh, maybe a little bit underrated athletically, uh, it was interesting, you know, with the situation in Columbus and the, the money that they had paid uh, Elvis Merzlikens there, you know, they felt like they had to, I guess, play him. But it seemed like Corpus Allo was probably the better option in net. But, uh, yeah, it, it, he, we would have been pretty happy with resigning him. But I think he just wanted, obviously, a little bit more. And the Kings were looking to spend outside of the net and build around a goaltender rather than bring in kind of a higher price, price net miner. We'll see if that works out for the Kings or not. Uh, but that was kind of the strategy they went with. But I, I think we were pretty happy with Jonas Corposalo. And if they had decided to re-sign him, I think a lot of Kings fans would have been pretty satisfied with that. Because you but, look at it, like the uh, the Edmonton series, those last three games, you think that was more on the team as a whole than, than him? And I mean, you're going up against the best of the best. Yeah, I would say it more. I mean, it's hard to – it was hard to criticize the Kings a lot because that penalty uh, – that power play was just – yeah. what do you do against that i know the king's penalty kill hasn't been very good and that's a big storyline going into this year because they've made it a priority they're going to get it straightened out we'll see but uh they just leon drysaddle was just a beast in that Jesus. in that series just an absolute beast and and Connor mcdavid was well yeah i mean still pretty good but Connor mcdavid yeah not bad hey ross uh great to have you on man it was awesome really enjoyed the conversation i would love to do it again sometime and uh you can follow Ross, by the way, on Twitter at Ross Levitan, L-E-V-I-T-A-N. Also, Locked On Senators is at Send Central. Uh, continue success, Ross, with the show, man. Great job with the Locked On Senators. I appreciate it. And they're, they've spread out the two meetings this year. LA's in Ottawa November 2nd. So maybe we'll have to do something around that time. And then uh, we'll have to wait until March. But I'm just glad you guys got rid of Brendan Lemieux. Because I have this actually on my <laughs> on my soundboard. So if you have a second here, I'll play it for your All audience. Right. Maybe they don't remember the the biting. Oh, oh the- we remember. We remember. Uh, this is Brady Kachuk after the game. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad bad guy, bad player. But what a joke he is. All-time downbite <laughs> right there from Brady Kachuk. Well, all right. I, I said, you know, I don't condone biting. But if you're going to bite, you might want to bite a Kachuk, right? No, I mean, if you're going to bite, 
what's Brady ever done? Come on. Please. You're right. He's a little he's a little bit guilty by association. Look, uh I saw the, a great clip on. I know Dowdy and Matthew Kachuk yes. everything. Yes. But there was a great clip that went out of Keith Kachuk and Claude Lemieux fighting way back in the 1996 world cup of hockey. So there's something that the listeners out there can go check out. Cause it is awesome content. They are swinging them wearing the international jerseys. It just looks great. So wow. it's a generational hatred between those two families. It's kind of cool. I love, I love that man. The game within the game. Yeah. I was at a game before they traded Brendan Lemieux and, and Claude was sitting behind me and I felt I was sweating the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, well, that's his favorite place to hit people. On the <laughs> right? So there's that. Hey, yeah, it might be that. Question. I know we're going yeah. along here, yeah. but uh, Zach McEwen also coming over. He had a cup of coffee in, in LA. Like, does he have any tangible skill or you think he's just going to be a face puncher? Because Ottawa Senders fans, they were, they were upset. They got a three-year contract, but literally at league minimum. So I'm, I'm on the side of being like, Hey, you need to have a bit of grittiness in your lineup. I don't really care who it is as long as they can protect your, your teammates. And, if you're paying them league minimum, I don't care whether it's one, two, or three years when you're 26 years old. But what was your impression on his half a season? Well, it wasn't really fair because he came over to Philly. He had just gotten his face broken by in a fight, and it seemed like he wasn't really ready to get back into it. You know what I mean? And uh, the thing that was uh, what was frustrating with him is he in the in his first shift in the first period he come out and hit somebody, and then he never did it again for the uh, rest of the game. It's like. Why, why don't you do that the whole game? I don't understand why you just do it in the first period and then you just kind of fade away. So uh, if somebody could tell him, hey, it's still the first period, every period, maybe that would help out. I don't know. But Nice. Awesome. I'm sure the, the Sense uh, fan listeners here will, will enjoy that. And I appreciate the kind words too, Eddie. Uh, yeah. Really, we are just trying to all lift the tide here and make Locked On the, the go-to place when people want uh you know local experts on the biggest stories and obviously we're, we're a passion-based network more than anything and uh we i get the sense of that from you and that's clearly what we try to get through on locked on senators so i always say it's fun when fans of the other team come in the comments during you know when when our teams play against each other and you know whether it's a positive or an argumentative comment i love it so yeah let's plan for something around november 2nd whether we do a pre-game or post-game and yeah i'd love to have you on with pillsy as well on our show so uh continued success for you guys as well and i always have a soft spot for la so i will be watching you guys quite a bit this season all right sounds good really appreciate it ross and uh like i said continued success really appreciate this looking forward to the next time take care all the best. All right, guys. That was Ross Levitan. Hope you enjoyed that. We're going to have another special interview coming up on tomorrow's show, a rival report as Jess Belmosto, the host of Locked on Flames, is going to check in, tell us all about the Calgary Flames and get her thoughts as well on our LA Kings. Hey, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. If you want to give us any feedback, the email address lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. Always want to follow us on social media, if you, if you could, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings, go. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. 
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.